Hello and welcome to this Law in Sport podcast with me, Sean Cottrell, the CEO of Law in Sport. In this show, I'll be talking with Julian Moore, a solicitor from the law firm Pinson Masons. He's formerly spent eight years working for football media services in Singapore. And in this interview, he'll be describing some of the stuff that he's written about in a recent article for us on his experience as a European sports lawyer moving to Singapore and distributing and selling media rights across Asia. It's a fascinating interview. Um, If you're interested in the Asian sports law market, if you're interested in sports broadcasting, then this is one for you to listen to. Also, just for those of you who are aspiring sports lawyers or private practice lawyers looking to get into in-house roles, I think you're going to want to listen to this interview. I hope you enjoyed the show. So I'm joined today um, by Julian Moore from Pins and Masons, who's heading up their broadcasting and sponsorship initiative. Um, he's recently come back from a long stint in Asia and has written a fantastic piece for us, providing a helpful guide for European sports lawyers working in Asia. Um, Julian, thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. Um, Thank you for asking me. Well, I, I really enjoyed your article and I thought it was fascinating and we're seeing a real um, sort of awareness of, of the sort of Asian markets in sports law um, and we're producing a lot of content on this at the moment but I was fascinated from a I wonder if you could just talk to us about you know your experiences of working Asia I think maybe give us some background as into how you started working in Asia what you know what you did prior to that what you were doing in Asia and then what you learned yeah sure um in short, um, I was working for the Inference Sports and Media Group in the HQ in Switzerland in 2004, um, licensing FIFA media rights for the 2006 World Cup in Germany. And at that time, or shortly after I joined Infront, FIFA made the decision to take a lot of those, house, uh, those rights in-house um, and deal with them themselves. But what they left on the table was effectively the the ability for a sales rep to pick up those rights um, for Asia. So um, Infront joined forces with Dentsu, the Japanese advertising company, set up or or, or, uh, made plans to set up a joint venture in in Singapore to handle those Asian rights. And I was asked um, to, 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 to head up the legal function over there. Um, so we went over, there was a this small company, there, was, there were only six of us, um, two on the sales side, me on the legal side, uh, management function and, and some uh, administrative finance uh, staff as well. Um, and I went over shortly after the 2006 World Cup. So the remit was for Football Media Services, which is the name of the joint venture, to handle the media rights sales on behalf of FIFA for the 2010 World Cup, the 2014 World Cup, and all of the other FIFA events in between, so the Women's World Cup, Youth World Cups, etc. So in terms of remit, I'd say it was, it, 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 on, the, on the face of it, fairly narrow. We, we only had one client, which was FIFA. I say only, so it was a fairly significant piece of work. Um, but actually, so on paper, it, it seems the remit was narrow, but, but actually as, as, as we set up shop there and started, to, started our work, um, the day-to-day job went 
way beyond what appeared to be a very narrow remit on paper. In the sense of, well, for a small company, you can't just be the lawyer. You know, you have to roll your sleeves up, get involved from the start, whether it was in getting involved in decisions on what color the wallpaper was going to be or, <laughs> or, or where we were going to be located or hiring staff or whatever it is. Um, was that a shock so, to the system? Was that, you know, coming coming from in front before, was that, you know, how much of a shock was that? So you've got this sort of cultural background, which we'll come on to, uh, sort of the, the, the different changes in, in culture, but as in organisational sort of structures and the type of work that you were doing, how did that differ from your previous role? And, and you know, did you embrace it or was it something that was hard to transition to? Um, I think having been in-house for a couple of years at Infront, I think in, in in-house roles generally, you're, you end up doing a lot more than just the legal function. Um, so it wasn't such a shock to the system. I'd also spent some time in my younger years in Hong Kong. My parents lived over there, so, so that culturally it wasn't such a shock to the system. In terms of going over there and, and getting started, also Singapore is very business friendly. It's, 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 it's not the third world. It's, it's, um, but they, they, at the time, they're having a big push to attract lots of sports companies over there. They made life, I think, fairly easy for us and administratively getting and, and, and getting the company up and running so but that wasn't too bad um, I think over time I, I, I took over took on that legal function I also got fairly heavily involved on the commercial side as well um, supporting our main sales guy so suppose what opened my eyes wasn't necessarily um, setting up shop in Singapore it was actually going into each of our um, countries throughout the region um, and actually visiting and going over to countries and seeing seeing um seeing what they were all about that was that was the eye opener because i hadn't really traveled extensively in asia and um this job gave me the ability to do so that's fantastic right if you can get the if you want to travel and you can get a job that enables you to do that um yeah that's a, that's a great opportunity but so i'm I know from your article you talked about some some experiences with with your travels about you know dealing with when you're looking at uh, uh, essentially a product um, an offering like the World Cup and how popular it is yeah it takes you to all parts of the world um, what are some of the I guess the most unique experiences you've had um, that you didn't expect when you first went over there I guess the standout was that uh, we had a trip to Ulaanbaatar in, in Mongolia. That was that was ex uh, that was really interesting. It was minus thirty. Um, wow. It's obviously very remote. It's obviously very it's very Russian influenced as well. So um, it, it didn't feel like any other country I've been to in Asia. Um, it didn't have a, a very Asian feel to it. Um, but one thing that became readily apparent in Mongolia, amazing to visit, huge amounts of broadcasters for a small city. Um, and, and 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 fascinating but i suppose one this is a theme that ran through i suppose all the trips we went on um the first meeting we sat down in the guy spoke to us in in not particularly good english and said i support chelsea and uh, I, and that was everywhere we went in throughout the continent wow. and, and you have winding the clock back a wee bit to 2006 i mean in india that really wasn't known for football then um, the Philippines weren't interested in football. Um, Mongolia, I don't think football was particularly popular. But that over an eight-year period, which really isn't that long, that really changed. Wow. And, and suddenly, I think it's on the back of the Premier League um, and their push into those markets. So they're, not, they're now selling um, directly into Mongolia and places like that. Football re really became um, a force. 
a really powerful force in in and really popular throughout the throughout the continent. I think only Taiwan. I, I thought about it <laughs> in the context of this article. <clears throat> that's the only country where where they've where they where they've withheld the onslaught. Wow. Um, yeah, and, really interesting. And how does that you know from a position as in your role as a lawyer? Let's talk about this in, I guess, in the in-house role as well, in the capacity of both, you know, with your strictly legal hat on, and then with your more commercial hat on. How did it dealing with the various jurisdictions, um, you know, essentially your commercial contracts? But how did that differ? You know, what 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 did you, you know, coming from this European sort of background and going over to Asia, what did you, what were your initial sort of expectations and then what, what surprised you or, um, you know, what takeaway points did, have you reflected on since, since coming back? Yeah, I think it's, it's, um, London train lawyer. Um, you, you, you're, uh, I wouldn't say you necessarily have heavy preconceptions, but, but you, you, but you do see, tend to see the world and the legal world through London eyes. Um, and also think in the sports industry, there are so many London trained lawyers in the market working for in senior legal positions, for, you know, federations in, in agencies or what have you. That one thing I think was a not an eye opener, but which, which was actually a pleasant thing to experience is, that it is in many countries of the world, including developing countries and uh, including countries where IP rights and what have you haven't been um, on, on the radar for that long. There, there are some exceptionally talented, sophisticated um, senior legal staff working for broadcast companies and in, and in law firms th- throughout Asia, um, which is great. And, and fine, so I think a, a, lawyers in, in different countries don't necessarily approach things from the same way. Um, f- for example, I think in, in, in English, traditionally in an English law system, we take things very literally, what's in black and white. In some Asian countries, there's more of a, a, a element of you know, what is the spirit of the agreement rather than necessarily what's in black and white. But ultimately, um, and, and this is another thing I noticed that over the eight-year period, in-house departments were getting a lot more sophisticated. Um, lawyers were getting a lot more sophisticated. So in the past, whereas even for bigger countries in Asia, that you may have sent them a contract, they would have signed it and sent it back. Um, and you just keep your fingers crossed that that wasn't our experience at all going into China going into India going into Indonesia wherever it was we had lengthy detailed sophisticated negotiations with very talented lawyers and uh, 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 and why do you think that is what what would you think you know influenced that change um, probably a couple of things I guess firstly that just um, uh, financial, I mean, money. I mean, it, 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 I think broadcasters real estate. If they're spending multi-million pounds on on rights, they need the right people to be advising them. Um, and often that is an in, in-house team because in because they're lawyers that properly understand their business. Um, okay, occasionally, broadcasters in Asia still are still looking um, for external advisors, but by and large, a lot of the big broadcasters have their own sophisticated in-house teams now. So it's um, similar to, to to sport in general. You know, the more sophisticated sports become, the more professional it's become. You know, the yes. more the more the more that's at stake, uh, the more the lawyers are involved. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think also because um, the, the, I mean, you have to remember as well, the sports industry itself is is relatively young, and as rights fees have gone up, as the importance of sports 
um, where the sport has become more important as a media product. So broadcasters in developing countries have caught up similarly, are paying more money, um, and have also have experienced from, I guess, from the agency side or the federation side, what they need. So if if, if they're being sold to or they're being nego- they're negotiating with lawyers on the other side, so they they. I think a lot of people realise that well, we need to have our own lawyers. So it's very straightforward, I guess. But um, and similarly, if you're spending a lot of money, then you need to employ the right people. And so, what would you say? There's probably a lot of people. You know, sports are hugely competitive for, for, from a legal function perspective. You know, um, sport is a hugely competitive sector to get into. You know, I always say this: that law is in a competitive industry in itself, and then to become a sports lawyer or be involved, they say, apply the law to sport. You know, if you want to be um, pedantic about it in in a commercial setting, then uh, you know it's a difficult market to get into because you're competing with some of the most talented people in the in the legal sector. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening and, and who read your article who think I would love to, you know, they probably read it and pretty very envious and think I would love to be out in Asia. I'd love to yeah, have a job that makes me travel. I mm. say, what advice would you give to people who are uh, who would be looking to transition into an in-house role, whether it be from Europe or, for that matter, from within Asia? Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity in Asia for for for, for lawyers, for Asian lawyers in particular. I think if you were to go into places like Singapore, a lot of the lawyers over there working for agencies, uh, to a degree working for broadcasters, are from a European background. I think, for example, in Singapore, um, there's there's a lot of opportunity for in law schools, uh, even more junior than that, to start training up decent local media lawyers. Um, that's from the, from the Asian side. I think there's there's opportunities as well for. Well, not just in Singapore, but that's that's true throughout all of Asia. Um, probably, it's, it, it, I imagine, I don't know this for sure, but I imagine it's less competitive than it would be, for example, in London. But I think it, just generally speaking, um, it probably sounds like a bit of a cliche and a bit trite, but I mean, I, I, I had um, thoughts many years ago about becoming a, getting into sports, getting into the, getting into the sector, because I'm a massive sports fan. And for me, it was just a case of plucking away, chipping away, getting to know the right people, um, reading, finding out what the market's doing, looking for opportunities, um, just just being dogged and determined. But but also, I think but, 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 at the same time, knowing what qualifications you're going to have to get. Yeah. Um, getting. I didn't do this because I think I was. But I now wish I had. But at a, at a, a young, a really young age, getting some proper work experience, um, making sure it is going to be something you're going to enjoy. Um, vacation placements, you know, work for free as a, <laughs> as a student, whatever it is. Um, and I think possibly it's different from when I started out. But you know, you're going to have to um, have something on your CV which stands out to, to show people you, that you're that you're really determined to do it. I think I think you're right that you know hard work can pay off but as long as it's focused in the right direction and you're realistic mm-hmm. about what the requirements are for yeah. entering into the market well, so, I, th- I think as well sean i think it's, it's it, it, i mean you probably noticed as well this from the industry that it by and large there are lots of very decent friendly open-minded people that work in the industry yeah completely. Um, who don't mind if someone calls you up you're a friend of a friend and you need some advice or you want a couple of weeks work experience or whatever it is 
um, I think it's you know it's it's, it, it, it's uh, there's some very approachable people that work work in the industry. Yeah, I agree. I've always, I'm always surprised about how welcoming people are. And from speaking to people in other sectors, I'm not too sure it's replicated in that many other sectors. I think sports mm-hmm. is relatively unique in that regard. I think everyone has that, you know, common. Generally, not not everyone's a sports fan, but generally, I would say that a lot of people have either participated in sport or are sports fans, and therefore they have that common bond as such, mm. and, and they're willing and they know how difficult it is to get into the win to help out. So, yeah. so flipping this a little on its head as such, um, since you've arrived back in London, what, what's the differences you've noticed, and you know how's it been? Um, it's great being back. I mean, that's. I wouldn't for a second criticise uh, Singapore <laughs> or the time I had out there. It was really special and um, I, I had an amazing time and had some fabulous experiences. Um, but for us as a family, it was time to come back. We'd done 10 years out of out of the UK. Uh, we had many reasons um, to want to come back, and it's been it's been fantastic. Really, really enjoying it. I think London is a is a much changed city from when when I was last here ten years ago, um, architecturally and in all sorts of other ways. I think it's um, it, it's and it, 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 because it's changed so much as well. It, it sounds a bit odd, but it feels like another foreign posting. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sort of now exploring London again, and um, and it, and it's great. It's really, really good. And it's and I've joined Pinson's, um, which which and it's my first. Where it's coming back into a law law firm, having been in in house for ten years, and that also has been fantastic. Got a really really good bunch, uh, really good team here, of really bright, dynamic lawyers um, who are who are um, as well from my perspective very keen to break into the uh, broadcast market um, in a, in a big way, which is good and it's exciting. It's and really what, been very exciting. And what do you think in terms of the trends in the, you know, again, coming back, what are the, you know, immediate observations in the broadcasting and particularly the sports broadcasting, uh, mm. market, what are your immediate observations about the sort of domestic market and European market? Mm. Well, I guess from Asia where, where, where things are changing kind of almost overnight, uh, a new sports broadcaster will have emerged or, or it's, a, it's such a, a, a fluid market you have a tendency to look back at Europe and think it's kind of stayed and a little bit dull and nothing much is going on here and yet since I've been back we've had the recent Premier League deal um, massive competition between BT and Sky we've had Discovery come into the market with this huge play on Olympic rights Um, and yeah it's it's anything but stayed and <laughs> and uh, it's it's uh, the first um, impressions are that particularly the UK market it's um, very competitive and um, and there's a there's an awful lot going on um, both in terms of conventional TV conventional broadcast but also the emergence of lots of new technology over the te- over the top TV um, into all sorts of internet platforms. Uh, there's a lot going on in the digital market as well. So yeah, it's great. Lots of lo- obviously lots of opportunity and and um, and um, an awful lot going on. Yeah, there is, isn't there? It's, it's exciting times um, as technology meets sport and and great good good for the lawyers. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's hope so. <laughs> well, um, thank you very much uh, for your time. It was great chatting with you. Um, as I said, the articles um, the if you're listening to this, uh, there's a link to the article below uh, the podcast. So, uh, Julian, thanks for your time. I Thank hope you have you. a great afternoon. Very much. Pleasure. Yeah, you too. All, All right. the best. Thank you.
Well, that's all we have time for for this show. But remember, for all your expert commentary and analysis on the latest legal issues and developments from the world of sport, go to lawinsport.com or follow us on Twitter at lawinsport. You can follow me at Sean Lawinsport. Well, thanks for tuning in. Have a great week.